Welcome to episode 38 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB edition. My name is Taylor Ringgold. My co-host, my partner crime, Griffin Warner, is here. Griff, we have now entered the second half of the 2020 MLB season. We are finally here. The All-Star break is over. If you call, if you do not catch our most recent two episodes, we went over the Home Run Derby and the All-Star game. And then on Wednesday, our most recent episode, we just did a whole breakdown on the first half of the MLB season. And we gave our predictions for the second half standings and awards. And of course, a couple future best bets. Griff, are you excited that uh, the most important part of the MLB season this year? Yeah, it's been a pretty lonely couple of days, I got to say. Um, I agree. I watched a lot of news, which is not really – It's, I mean, if you want to just freak out about, I don't know, the world burning or uh, our government burning or whatever, uh, I, I would suggest that if that's your thing. It's really not mine. Uh, but I'm looking forward to – was listening to some baseball at work today, um, and I'm looking forward to, to watching it uh, as soon as the Astros and Yankees don't get blocked from my television. But I'm li- going to listen to the radio on, for that one as soon as we get off uh, this podcast. And uh, we'll see if we can do another hour and a half episode. Yeah, that was a long episode for you guys. An hour and a half. That's our longest we've ever done. I would say the first two episodes that we had were about an hour or so because we broke down our futures. And as if you listened to our most recent episode, you could tell that our futures weren't that great. But, you know, what can you do? But for I this mean, it's episode, a, it's a low it's a low probability thing. Like you're you're basically taking plus money trying to hit long shots. So I'm that is also don't, true. don't fret people. I'm not fretting. Uh, I'm looking forward to a second half where uh, hopefully we're going to win some money. And. Griff and I were talking about this before the show started, and we're going to make this a segment for every episode leading up to the trade deadline on August 2nd. We're going to be just talking, you know, a, a few different segments, few different topics that come up in the rumor mill for the trade deadline. It is important in baseball. It is important in the betting game. If a, a new player is acquired, if we hear rumors on a different team, it is definitely important to talk about it. So we will talk about it along with all of our regular scheduled segments uh unfortunately this episode we don't have a recap of our best bet because last episode we just did a future best bet uh and we will start the show with our weekend series spotlight if you're new to the show a weekend series spotlight griff and i break down the best series to look forward to for the weekend to watch and bet on griff there's a lot of good series starting off the second half here which one do you like the most? Yeah, sometimes there's one choice and that's it. But I True. think you, you said four. I think we could even extend it five or six big series. I'm going to go with a, uh, a double-pronged playoff uh, implication type matchup, and that is the Toronto Blue Jays visiting the Boston Red Sox. Um, pretty big deal here because all the Red Sox non-vaxxers get to actually play, which is a big deal. Jaron Duran, Tanner Houck, others that I'm probably forgetting as well. Um, but the Blue Jays, are they're bringing a good rotation right now. They're bringing Kevin Gosman uh, in the opener on Friday, then Alec Manoa, who was great and uh, certainly got some fanfare during the All-Star game, uh, plus Ross Stripling, who uh, is looking like the Dodgers Ross Stripling, uh, which is which is very nice. Um, whereas the Red Sox are countering now that they've lost Chris Sale, they're back in trouble with their bullpen, but they're going, or I guess they're starting rotation as well. They're going Evaldi on Friday, Cutter Crawford Saturday, and a TBD on Sunday. Unfortunately, a lot of these rotations have yet to be, to be set. Uh, and I'll give you a little hint for our best bet, or actually our, our card breakdown for, for Friday's card. There's a lot of uh, yeah. unknowns out there. A lot of lines haven't been been put out there. So I'm going to go into my odds maker uh, dungeon and give you what my numbers are, and hopefully they're close. And that's why we have a professional handicapper on the show. That's the reason why. Whenever we're in holes, guys, we're listening to this podcast. We are pre-production meeting before we start. We look at the lines. And if we have a little hole, Griff fills that hole and fixes that's what the we're problem. Doing. That's what we're doing. Uh, I like that serious spotlight. There is quite a few to pick from. I kind of had a f- to figure out which I would, which one I wanted. And I out of the four I have picked, I'm going to pick the Houston Astros or travel all the way to Seattle. The Red Hot Mariners. Mariners have 
ended the first half on a 14-game winning streak. The hottest team in baseball. You can argue that if it's the Orioles or the Mariners there. Mariners are on fire, but this is a tough test right out of the gate. The Astros already caught a W on Thursday and a walk-off against the Yankees, and now they're facing off the Yankees again in Game 2 of doubleheader. They're currently up 2-0 in this going into the third. For this matchup, Game 1, you have Urquidy versus Gonzalez. Game 2, you have Verlander, TBD. And then 3, Valdez versus a TBD. You're going to be seeing a lot of those TBDs just like Griff said, Griff, go right I'll, I'll give you uh, Logan Gilbert. looks like he'll be opposing Verlander and then Robbie Ray on Sunday. So uh, great pitching matchups, man. Pretty good. Friday, I don't know, but Saturday, Sunday look pretty good. All right. Thank you. For, appreciate that because MLB.com does not give me that, uh, that information. Got to love that. Uh, anyway, I think this is a humongous, humongous opening game for the Seattle Manners. I mean, you, it kind of sucks. You're on a 14-game winning streak, and then the hotness gets on, puts on pause for three or four days. You never want to pause the hotness. No, you never want to pause the hotness in baseball or in life. Okay, guys? Betting and baseball in life. Never want to never pause the hotness. Hey, Griff, we need to put that on a T-shirt or a bumper sticker or something. Because that was a that was Griff and I working our brains together on something on, on a good catchphrase. Don't pause the hotness. You know, in turn, start making the shirt. Yeah, don't pause the hotness. I'm gonna be saying that a lot now on the show. I'm gonna have to say it. But anyway, yeah, this is a it's it sucks because the Mariners played so well for two weeks in a row and just dominated baseball. And now they are gonna have to pick it back up and try to continue winning games. And it's tough against the Astros, who the Astros have been playing like crazy, really, really well all year long. But uh, I think the big game is going to be the Verlander-Gilbert. Gilbert's pitched really well. I know Verlander has pitched very well this year. I, I just looked at his stats. I, I was not shocked. I was a little surprised with the ERA and how great it is. Look, and, and people have to listen. Like Griff and I, we watch baseball every single day. We are looking at numbers, statistics, lines, everything every single day. Sometimes we might miss a number here or two that kind of might shock me. And the Verlander ERA is the one that just startled me for a second, seeing it at 1.89. Well, what can I say? I did pick him as my preseason uh, AL Cy Young at 25 to 1. So uh, finally, something went right. Finally. But you know what? It's a very good pick, though. But so that's our series spotlights, weekend series spotlight. Before we kind of get into our new segment for the next few weeks, is more of a rumor mill segment, trading block segment for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about signing up for pregame because if you're not doing that, you're missing out on a lot. And what you're missing out on is a free $25. That's important, Griff. I know, I know you know that's important. Uh, well, you know, if you haven't signed up, now is the chance to do so. Pregame will give you a free $25 site purchase purchase just for signing up. Signing up takes 90 seconds, and you could take advantage of being a site member by making and tracking your own picks. It's easy as that. You can post your own picks and analysis in our pregame.com forums, and you can talk to people within those forums. Start a debate. It's a lot of fun. And you can also draw a following and become a value member of pregame.com. Sign up today and receive a $25 site credit to purchase premium picks from pregame and some of our pregame.com handicappers like Christian Warner. Like me. How you doing? Get a free best bet today. So, Griff, now that's out of the way. I'm excited to talk about this for a few weeks. Trade deadline stuff is heating up, and it's heating up fast. It was heating up during the All-Star weekend, which some people I saw on Twitter were like kind of whining about it, saying like it's taking away from the weekend festivities. No, it's not. It's adding to it. When you have the rumor mill starting with Judge getting interviewed about, you know, is he going to be staying? Because his contract his contract negotiations have been heating up the last couple of weeks. And then it got really awkward in an interview during the home run derby. Uh, see if he wanted to stay or not. And it was a long pause, whatever. But the big name on the market is Juan Soto. 
He declines that $440 million contract extension from the Nationals. Nationals aren't too happy about it. I guess they should have saw it coming. But now the Nationals have the biggest trade asset they've ever had in their franchise's history. Where do you, do you think they're going to go, Griff? Where is Juan Soto going to go? As of right now, you want to save before the deadline or before the move is actually made. If you can maybe give us your expert opinion, expert prediction of where he's going to land. Well, my first thought was the Dodgers. Um, but, I mean, there's big questions on what all these teams have to give because um, ultimately they're not going to give Juan Soto away. They still have him under control, I think, for two more years. Um, and so that's that basically tells me they don't have to trade him, but um, sending him to the all-star game on a uh, coach like Southwest plane probably doesn't seem like the right thing to do if you're trying to keep a guy long-term. Um, I think, I mean, the Mets are a very interesting possibility because uh, SAC Capital, Stephen Cohen, has come in and is spending a ton of money, um, which is nice, uh, especially now that he hasn't been quoted about how uh, how terrible his baseball team is maybe because they've been winning, but uh, maybe he learned from his mistakes last season. Uh, and then you got the Yankees who everyone talks about always, but I feel like based on payroll and how the Yankees have been so uh, they've been trying to stay away from that $200 million luxury tax threshold. Uh, I don't, I just don't know. I mean, it, it, it seems like if they're going to trade for Soto, it probably means judges and staying around. And I feel like financially you might as well just keep judge, not have to give up the prospects and then um, watch Juan Soto, maybe go somewhere else or uh, potentially get discounted. I also would expect that a deal is not happening. You're not getting big prospects unless Soto agrees to a deal before he gets there. You can't take that, um, that chance really. Um, if you give up a bunch of prospects and he's not signed for the future. So I'm very curious about it. I do feel like trading them to the Mets in division seems pretty weird, but at the same time, if you're rating their prospects, then, then maybe it's worth it. Maybe that's actually a benefit as opposed to having to line up against him all, all, all year. I'm sure the Bryce Harper thing and leaving for a Philly hasn't felt good, but then again, Philly hasn't really been successful with him. So uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's sad as a Nationals fan after winning the World Series a couple of seasons ago, but Future is bright because you get to turn Juan Soto into probably three or four good players. Yeah, I would say, <clears throat> I'd say off the bat, I didn't think Juan Soto was going to go to the Dodgers. I I had definitely two teams in mind. Juan Soto is going to be in New York. I I think no matter what, I think he's going to be a Yankee or he's going to be a Met. If I had to pick one side that makes more sense, I think it's the New York Mets are going to maybe go get him for the sole fact that Cohen really, really wants to win right now. This is the prime time right now. The Mets have the offense, they have the pitching, and they have the right owner right now. And what they also have, which they didn't really have a lot in the past, was prospects. Right now, the Mets have Beatty, Mauricio, Alvarez, three amazing, young, talented hitters that are either going to come up now or in a year or two away. And they have control to go get Juan Soto, and they can do it right now. Now, for the Yankees, I thought it was honestly impossible to do because Judge wants all the money in the world, and so does Soto. How do you do that? How does that make sense for the Yankees? What the Yankees can do is, now this might sound kind of crazy, but both the Yankees and Mets are in win-now mode. Their windows could be shorter than we think, but for the Yankees, you can go get Juan Soto. You trade away Peraza, Volpe, Dominguez. You give them some major league ready guys, and you get Soto for two years. You go win a World Series maybe once or even back-to-back. -back, who knows? You have Judge in that lineup, Stanton, Torres. You have a great lineup with Soto. And then you make the decision afterwards to say, look, if I, are we going to re-sign Soto or let him go and kind of just bite the bullet with losing the prospects and Soto? Now, I, I think the Mets have a better option. I don't see Cashman really taking the chance because Cashman's never liked trading prospects. He's always wanted to hold on to them, and he holds on to them almost too long when they have no value left. Volpe can be up next year. That's how much they love Volpe, but are they willing to give Soto 
you know, for Volpe. But the third team that came out of nowhere and it's starting to heat up is the St. Louis Cardinals, Griff. The, the Cardinals have just emerged out of thin air the last week or so. Oh. And not the last week or so, the last 48 hours. And I saw Mark DeRosa, who works for MLB Network. He does a lot of trade proposal predictions on on Hot Stove and MLB Central. He did a trade proposal. Listen to this. So it's Juan Soto. Cardinals get Juan Soto. It's the only guy they get. And it's pretty solid. They trade away Dylan Carlson, who's a starting outfielder right now. Very good defensively, switch hitting outfielder. Jordan Walker, the number one prospect. Matt Libertor, their number two prospect, left-handed pitcher. Mason Wynn, the number four overall prospect, shortstop. He threw 100 miles an hour from short during the prospect game. And then Michael McGreary, their right-handed pitcher, their sixth overall prospect. Are they giving any more? I mean, how many how many people are going to go for Juan Soto? This is ridiculous. No, no but this is what we're talking no about, Griff. No this way. Is what we're, this is what we're talking about. This is no what the Mets and Yankees are willing to trade their top three prospects for Juan Soto. Now, the best situation is it's going to be the New York Mets because, look, they have to – they have – the Cardinals have a good situation too because they have extended Arenado, they've extended Goldschmidt, those are the big prime guys they want to keep on that team. Other than that, who else the Cardinals are going to lock up long-term? Sorry, no chance that giving five guys away for one is of any sort of use to a franchise. Maybe they do it. I just feel like especially with what St. Louis has done in the past, I think that's very, very unlikely. Um, they're, I think, too shrewd for that, whereas I think the more likely thing is the – two or three prospects that are really that have a lot of fanfare from the New York teams. I think that's the more likely of scenarios. I mean, certainly a possibility. I hadn't heard that about St. Louis. It's just, that sounds like way too many guys for a team that I don't know if St. Louis would consider themselves a small market, but they sort of act that way. And uh, I just feel like that's, I mean, if, if I'm running the Cardinals, which maybe it's a good thing, I'm not no chance of making that deal. Um, I just, I just felt like you're going to name every prospect in their organization because it just seemed like it wouldn't stop. You know, it's when it comes to uh, I'm always big on holding prospects because you don't want to have what every organization sports has their time where they're good for five or six years in a row. And then they have to do the whole rebuild thing. The Yankees have never had to do that. 25 years, 27 years. I'm 27 years old. The Yankees have had no rebuilding stage because they're smart enough. They have the money. Of course, they go on free agency, but they have. The, the farm system that works and they keep developing new guys and not many organizations in sports can do that. The New York Mets have an opportunity right now with the process they have and the roster they have to acquire a once in a generational type player that would easily make them the favorites right at, I know their, their odds are they are the favorites right now to win that NL East, but their favorites would favorite odds. Their odds would even go even higher when you acquire Soto. And not for nothing, though, like we don't know how these prospects are going to pan out. We don't. And it's scary when you would trade away these giant names. Like Dominguez is like 19. I would freak out if the Yankees traded him because we know switch hitting monster power, super fast outfielder. He's compared to Trout and Mickey Mantle, all this shit. But if we can get Soto for two and a half years or two years, and win two rings or a ring, then it's a win. So it's these next few weeks are going to be absolutely mind blowing. It's going to be so exciting. And that's why I want to do something like this. There was other stuff I wanted to mention, like the Yankees were in the mix of, you know, Luis Castillo and the Dodgers were in the mix for a few other guys too. But uh, I know CJ Crone was getting some sort of buzz and Daniel Vogelback was getting some sort of buzz. Oh but, my God. We do not have enough time in this episode for a Daniel I know. Vogelback I saw the Vogelback thing. It was, it, was, it was a Mets tweet. It was a Mets tweet from SNY talking about three three guys that the Mets could get. It was CJ Crone, Nelson Cruz, or Daniel Vogelback. I was like, if you got CJ Crone, you're going to have to give up a ton for him. I, I think he's great. And Nelson Cruz, <laughs> CJ Crone is a monster first baseman like that's what I, don't they, think, I mean i don't think you have to give up a lot they're they're not young and i mean they're coming from teams that are selling like crazy so throwing money I feel like, throwing boys i mean i feel like 
this segment could go on for years. And the nice part is we're going to have, we're going to feature it on, on Monday, Wednesday and Friday episodes going forward until that trade deadline. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. I like the idea that this is where uh, I think in this, this sport more than any other, this is how you rebuild. Uh, yeah. And I'm looking forward to some of these small market teams just fleecing the New Yorkers that think it's their time to win a title. And if they do win it, then it's probably, you could say it's worth it. But if they don't, uh-oh. It's like what the Nationals did. They they went balls to the wall and they traded for people. They signed. They spent so much money on certain players like Patrick Corbin. I think that's the big thing, Griff. I think, last thing I'll say, I think the big thing that the teams that want to get Soto, they're going to have to eat like all of Corbin's contract. I think that's what the Nationals want to do. They want to get rid of that money because he stinks. I don't know how many years he has left. I think he might have like three more years left. Griff, I don't know, maybe you can look for it, but like, like, it. like he it. is he is atrocious. His ERA is around like five and a half, maybe even six. Maybe I'm even just giving him too much credit there with the ERA. I don't I don't know. I think it's probably five and a half, and he is signed through the 2024 season. So we still got two more years, and he's making 35 mil base. In his 2024 final, so like season. if you're if you're the Mets, you're going to be taking on Soto, and then I would assume 60 million, right? So it's 35 a year or 70 million, right? For the next, well, so two years. 35 in the last year, um, next year's 24. So yeah, I mean, six, 60 million dollars essentially. It's a lot but, of money. I mean, and then, and then you have to spend the four 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 hundred million dollars on Soto in two years. So it's. You know, I th- I think the Mets have a better situation because Stevie does not care about luxury tax. He doesn't care about any of that shit. He's just going to want to throw all the money at the wall. The guy's a crook anyway. You know. Oh man, I mean, hard to argue about insider trading stuff and that settlement. But I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit uh, more complicated than than saying he doesn't care about that that two hundred million dollar luxury tax number. Because if the Yankees care about it. I know it's a different regime under this time rather than the last, but if the Yankees care about it, then I think uh, it's very good chance that other owners also care about it in this league, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we could definitely speculate going forward. Um, and without further ado, I think it's time for us to get to our Friday card. Um, there is, it. I mean, unfortunately there's going to be a bunch of, uh, I'm just going to be a whole filler in this one, you know, just, uh, it's my nickname in college. So might as well go through it. Oh uh, my God, this guy, keep it going. Oh just keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Everyone just, yeah. just dis, disregard that statement. Um, starting off in Cincinnati, um, with the, the Cardinals, speaking of the Cardinals who are going to give up, I guess their entire farm system for one guy and Patrick Corbin salary. Um, we have Adam Wainwright visiting Graham Ashcraft. Uh, I'm projecting no, no, no line here. So I'll, I'll go. My projection is Wainwright a minus one thirty five road favorite. I don't really project totals, so I'll. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably stupid to even say. I'll guess nine for this one. Um, Wainwright, you know, he's not either of our favorites. As I think anyone who's been listening to this podcast the whole season will know. Um, and best bets are coming up at the end of this section, by the way. So stay tuned. Uh, I'm not a really believer in Wainwright, but I feel like this is a team that he can have success against. The Cardinals are pretty dominant in a series against the Reds that led into the all-star break. Uh, Ashcraft will not be on my list. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Ashcraft, hell of a last name. That's a solid baseball name. Graham Ashcraft. He sounds like he played in 1904. So, uh, yeah, I take... I'm not going to be betting on this personally because I I just do not have success betting against or betting for Adam Wainwright, so I'm going to stay away. Uh, but I think Adam Wainwright has a little the upper hand here. I mean, this is a series when you go on the road to a a, a division foe who is uh, playing for nothing really. This is one you need to win, St. Louis, if you're going to mess around with the uh, Central. Next, we'll go Miami at Pittsburgh. Uh, I feel like we're just repeating a bunch of series that just happened, but that's, I guess, what Major League Baseball does nowadays. Uh, Braxton Garrett, who's been pretty hot lately, um, he is on the road, and it looks like we have a TBD for Pittsburgh, (laughs) so that's going to be hard. Uh, I'm going to say that Miami will be a slight favorite on the road, which is a little bit surprising based on how Pittsburgh went into Miami. We're pretty dominant, but Miami were missing a lot of the players. They got some back. Jorge Soler came back. 
Uh, didn't really help them today as they scored the same amount of runs as Taylor and I did. But, um, you know, it's it's tough when you come up against John Gray, who finally got out of, of Colorado. Um, I'm going to move to the next one because there's not much to say there. Go ahead. Finally, finally, we have a line. Uh, Justin Steele and the Cubs visiting the Phillies and Kyle Gibson, who got absolutely bombarded for about three starts in a row, but maybe he's coming back down to to the norm. Um, currently, Gibson is a minus 125 favorite at home. Uh, over-under is nine. And I got to say, that number is pretty short, in my opinion. Um, yes, the – I mean – Yes, the Phillies are way better than the Cubs and are competing for a playoff spot, a wild card spot, while the Cubs are not. Uh, Justin Steele just had a kid, went on a paternity leave list and was really not not so great in his return, uh, but has had pretty good strikeout numbers, has had some pretty good starts. I think if you're going to go into a, a p- pitching against the Phillies and you can strike out guys, that's the way you have to be. You can't pitch a contact against that team. Um, I just My question, though, is how do we feel about the Phillies bullpen right now? Not good at all, actually. Uh, the team itself is just – I wonder if the Phillies are going to make a move. You know, I like, got what – are they going to go get a bullpen? Because they haven't had a bullpen in, what, four years? I mean, got they've it. been trying. To be fair, they've tried to rebuild their bullpen like every offseason. It's just they don't know what they're doing apparently. Right. They got Corey Knable this year. They got Archie Bradley, right? Was that year the year ago they two, got Archie? Two years ago, I think, yeah. Yeah. So they and they have Alvarado too. Am I wrong? Like all these guys with big arms that have had success before. Right. I mean, it's I gotta feel like if you're taking anybody from the Rays, you better downgrade their performance by like 20% because the Rays know what they're doing. Um, the Phillies just don't seem like they have a clue, unfortunately. And it cost Joe Girardi his job. I don't really think it was his fault, but um, they've been better since. Can't argue with that. Um, currently where the Phillies sit right now, I mean they're they're not really, I mean, guess they're sort of in the race for them at least. They're nine, eight and a half back. So, I mean, it's got a ways to go. They're going to have to get really hot and see these other teams kind of falter ahead of them. So, I think wild cards probably more likely uh, on their minds, but they're only three wins back to the Padres. So, they're not out of it by any chance or by any stretch. Um, I think this is, they got to start making moves though, and they can't give away games that they're close no. to winning, which no. I think that bullpen will do. Yeah. And last thing I'll say about this, uh, you're, you're going to see, Maybe even at the end, like next Thursday, like give it a week. If there's certain teams like the Phillies, teams like they're they're just their heads just above water a little bit, and they're starting to chase that wild card spot or even chase the divisions, and they fall, you know, they lose like you know eight of their next ten or seven of their next ten, the whole script might be flipped, and they might be sellers. You got this next week and a half is just it's huge. So, and this, I think it's really one of the more teams out there. The Phillies are one of those teams that need to figure out who their identity is. And are they going to be sellers or are they going to want to compete for a wild card? Because God knows they're not going to be competing for a division crown. All right. No chance for the Phillies to win the NL East at Taylor Ringgold. Uh, next, we'll move San Diego at the Mets. You Darvish and Max Scherzer, an awesome, awesome pitching matchup. Certainly could have been a series spotlight for two teams that are definitely fighting for the playoffs. Uh, not sure you can do much better than this pitching matchup. Currently, uh, Max Scherzer minus 169. Nice. Nice. How you doing? Favorite at home. Over under six and a half. Uh, money is currently leaning towards over, but um i don't really see so san diego has monster problems in their lineup they cannot hit at all and i feel like max scherzer i mean he's come back about as hot as you can be and i expect he'll be just as hot uh and will knife through the san diego lineup you darvish has not i mean he hasn't been perfect i feel like a lot of people were throwing dirt on him as if he was had lost his stuff i think he's a lot better than that now um, and has had some good starts. He struggled with the Dodgers, but I guess that's probably expected. Uh, pretty big number for him. Um, I just don't really believe San Diego bullpen's been a little bit shaky. And if they don't have that tied up, then that lineup is really, really a uh, a weakened version that's out there ready to get taken advantage of. So um, to me, I, I like the number of the odds on Darvish, but I think I think if anything, um, it's going to be really hard for me to look that direction. I just feel, feel like Max Scherzer's too tough to beat. Yeah, I, uh, I've had success with both these pitchers this year. Darvish in his last start against the D-backs, he got me a W. Uh, I think if Darvish was facing a different Met, I think the odds would be a little different. I know the Mets are a good team, but if the, he was facing 
think like Trevor Williams, I think Darvish might be, might be a favorite there or maybe close to that, or even Darvish is facing Chris Bassett maybe, or. Uh, I, I would make the Mets a favorite against most, but that's just based on the Mets, I think being a better team overall and being at home. I think it's hard for Darvish to be a favorite, maybe against know, Trevor Williams yeah. or against a, a bullpen game. But um, I think this line that shows between these two pitchers, how different, uh, odds makers are considering the Mets and the, and the Padres to be because the yeah. starting pitchers, there's certainly an advantage on the Scherzer t- side and he's at home, but I don't think it's that large um, that they're, they would call these two teams equal on a neutral field, for example. Uh, next, we'll go Colorado at Milwaukee, Antonio Senzatella, uh, and he's visiting Corbin Burns, Burns Day minus 248. Monster. Monster. Big, big favorite, especially considering how poorly the, the Brewers ended the first half with Josh Hader um, just blowing save after save. It felt like yeah. at least two the week before the, Giants. Yeah. the break. Yeah. And, and against the Giants and also against the Twins, uh, they blew a lead. I think he came in in a tie game, but gave served up the, the walk off to uh, Jose Miranda, if I'm remembering correctly. That's correct. Um, but over under a seven, uh, not expecting a lot of runs here. Get the get to see the Rockies go on the road and see if they can actually make contact. Doesn't seem like it's a likely thing, especially against that nasty Corbin Birds cutter. Um, you know, Senzatel is a good pitcher. I just, I would love to see him on a team that's actually decent. Like, I feel like if he was the fifth starter on a good team, I feel like he could have a good year because he's, he's put up pretty good numbers in Colorado his whole career, despite having to pitch it with really only a fastball, it seems like, and in cores, um, you taking the, the Rockies to win this one? Uh, no, I think, I think it's gonna be a tough day for the Rockies lineup. Uh, you know, the Rockies have certain players that surprise you a little bit here and there that they're still on them, like a CJ Corona, or uh, I don't know how good. Not for long. Not for Mar- long. I don't know how is, – is Marquez still alive on that team? Like, he is, right? I mean, he, he's he's had a pretty bad year. So, unfortunately, feel, you got to yeah, – it's hard uh, It's hard to have a good year as a pitcher in Colorado. I'll, I'll give it that. But, like, you got to be doing that. well and you got to be available. But I feel like everyone in the Rockies should be available. I agree, except for Chris Bryant because he signed a stupid, ridiculous deal for no I mean, reason. I, he he would be the most available of all the Rockies if I was the the GM, but probably would not be because that GM stinks. But I mean, but but who's get, like the Arenado deal was so ridiculous and and was so embarrassing. Like one of my best friends from Denver basically stopped being a Rockies fan because of that trade. And I don't honestly, I don't blame, I blame him. I can't. You, let, him, you can't. let him go, and then you also give them fifty million. Like what? You like paid, what? you paid him to leave, and yeah. I mean, they and got you paid awesome the majority. Of his, yeah, sick, good trade, I mean, good job. I, I, I do like Austin Gomber more than most, but I'm I'm learning the errors of my way. At one point, they had Cargo, Tulo, and Arenado, and they didn't do a thing. So we, I can I can go into that forever, but yeah, they, they, what they really need to do is just find more players that the last names that end with O. Uh, Washington then at Arizona, uh, no, no starter for Washington. Got a TBD. It looks like Zach Gallon just popped in to our DMS. Um, and so he's potentially starting I, the, the diamondbacks are not great, but they're definitely gonna be favorites here. Um, I was thinking their bullpen game or the n- unknown starter ghost starter was going to be like a minus minus one fifty favorite gallon, probably bigger than that. I think Washington are a team that you only bet against the rest of the season. I got to say, uh, next, we'll go to a pretty big series. Sad there's no line for this one right now, but we'll use my uh, projections. San Francisco at the Dodgers could have certainly been a series spotlight as well as the, the Giants really need to, to, to have a big series here, at least hold their own in L.A. I mean, potentially, I guess if they went, maybe avoid the sweep is what they're shooting for. Of course, they want to win the series, but um, Logan Webb, then Alex Wood, and then Alex Cobb, so a bunch of the Alexes. Um, that's just a, a tough, I mean, not bad pitchers, but going against Tyler Anderson, Julio Urias, and then Clayton Kershaw, like that's going to be really tough, especially in Chavez Ravine, but I'll, I'll make, um, Tyler Anderson, a, a minus one forty favorite at home might be a little short, but based on tonight's line with Radon, um, being pretty short as well, I guess. So, so sorry, four game series, they probably want two wins at the minimum if you're San Francisco, but I guess. I think just avoid the sweeps important. I do like Logan Webb quite a bit. I feel like he can keep a Dodgers lineup in the yard because that sinker is nasty. Everything that he throws seems to go down. Uh, and that's going to be tough for the Dodgers, who I'm not sure that I believe in this 10-1 record from Tyler Anderson nor the 11-0 from Tony Gonsolin either, if we're, if we're talking about it. Yeah, I think, I think that line might be a little short. I think the only reason why, Griff, 
the pitching right. matchup is where it's at. I think it's the offense for the Giants. I know they had a, a nice way to end the season against Hater, the walk-off Grand Slam. It was a good series, whatever. I just think the offense for the Giants has been the problem for them this year. Uh, when you have R- Rondon and then Logan Webb consistently being at the top of that rotation, and each and every time, every fifth day, they're putting out great starts. And it's it's scary to bet on the Giants in games like this because that you you, you need to score five runs against the, the Dodgers to win the game. You have to. I'm not and, as worried. Personally, I'm not as worried about their lineup. I'm more worried about the bullpen. The lineup does not make me comfortable at all, but the, the bullpen I think is worse because they just DFA'd or released because um, he wasn't claimed because he was so bad this year, Jake McGee. Uh, and really the, the bullpen is Doval, who's just been so wild at the end and really is tough to trust. Dominic Leone, I'm not sure that he's really who you're wanting to bank on if you're a, uh, <laughs> if you're a major league team that's trying to compete with these Dodgers who are so, so strong. Um, and and I, I'm hoping that I'm talking myself off a Rodon lean for tonight and potentially a Logan Webb lean for tomorrow. I just, I don't know that I really believe enough in this Giants team, which is sad because they were so good last year and I was really hoping to be all over them this year, especially when they played the Dodgers. I just don't think that this is the one for me. Uh, next one with the AL will go to Baltimore for um, a, a, I was surprised you didn't have this on your list of series, but the Yanks traveling to Baltimore after a doubleheader tonight in, or today and night in Houston. Um, Jamison Tyone at Tyler Wells. Wells has, I mean, been living up top in the strike zone with changeups, which is never a good thing. Uh, I feel like that could could lead to some problems, but he does have the Mount Baltimore and left field to back him up. Uh, currently, Tyone is a minus one fifty one favorite on the road. Over under is nine. Um, I lean to the, to the, uh, to the Orioles. I got to say, um, certainly with travel coming off the all-star break, they're in much better shape, uh, than the Yankees who are going to have to play two games. The the first half of the doubleheader was a tough loss walk off in the ninth after they tied it in the top of the ninth, um, had to use Domingo Herman, who's not doing so well at the moment. I imagine there might be a fair amount of bullpen use in this one. Um, what are you as the resident, uh, pinstriper, despite wearing a Royals Jersey, as you record, uh, what do you say about Tyone and uh, where, where is he right now? Cause he's nowhere near as, as hot as he looked at the beginning of the season. Um, I got to just look up his, uh, his stats real fast to give my assessment. I mean, it, his, I'll, I'll tell you this, his win loss record certainly will be gaudy, but yeah, I just feel like he gets hit pretty hard. It's probably going five innings at best. And then I don't really know what's settled in that Yankee bullpen other than, Holmes, who hasn't really been as hot as he was to start the year. I mean, impossible to keep that up, but yeah, uh, it seems like those two guys, so that's six innings. Where do you get the other three? Well, Michael King has been a bona fide all-star this year. He did blow the game today in game one. Um, King and Holmes is great. Wandy Peralta has been very good this year. At the end of this first half, he did not pitch very well, which was kind of startling. There needs to be some uh, maybe an extra arm in the bullpen for the Yankees at some point. They have, but, they have they have to get something because Chapman isn't Chapman is not the guy anymore. He's he is lost. He's a lost puppy. He doesn't know where to go anymore. But besides that, Tyone ha- has struggled since um, a June twenty third start against the Houston Astros. He's just let up a ton of runs. Six runs against the Astros. Next start against the A's. He's let up three. July 5th, he let up five runs to the Pirates, then six against the Red Sox, two of them on a road back-to-back. And his last start on July 16th before the break, he uh, let up one earned run at home against the Sox, which was a very important start to get on a better foot for the uh, second half. I am a little worried because those la- that, that whole month of June and in July really wasn't great. And, yes, I think the win category statistic is not as important as it used to be. Clearly we're seeing it some, some of the time with Gonsolin and, and Tyler Anderson and even with Jamison Tyone, right? Jamison Tyone is a good pitcher. As of late, he has not been. He has been pretty suspect, to be honest with you, because his ERA was under three on June 18th, and now it's at a 3.86. So you definitely have something to look from there. The Orioles have been a great story. Don't get me wrong. 500, I'm rooting for this team to maybe – to really knock some teams out of the playoffs. I don't think the Orioles will be making it because there's already rumors of them trading away Mancini and Jorge Lopez. 
which I would like Jorge Lopez and pinstripes because that kid is dirty. He has got five pitches and he throws 100. So I, I love that from the right side. But do I think Tyler Wells is going to be able to carve up this offense? I don't think so. I think Tyler Wells has had a very good season. The year is at 3-3-8. He was a reliever last year. Uh, I, I don't think the Yankees um, – the Yankees need to get a little rebound here. That's all I'm trying to say. Because I, I, we don't know what the outcome is for the second game of this Astros game. But as of right now, it isn't great. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of pissed with the line, to be honest with you. Uh, it, it's not showing. You, you Like we said this before the show. It's at, what is it? Minus 151. The Yankees are road favorites. I understand. Yep. But this is the the Yankees that we're talking about here. And I feel like the line is a little shorter than I than you would think. What if you what what is your what does your expertise say? What do you think? Is that correct? Or you have a little shorter, a little longer than that? What what is it? So I was making the the Yankees right around minus 150. So it's not that far off what I made it. It's I'm right in the neighborhood. Um I from where I sit, I, I tend to agree with you that Tyler Wells seems to be a sheep in wolf's clothing at this point. So, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a, a big travel day, two games, doubleheader, fresh off the all-star break, then have to go to Baltimore. Luckily, it's not a daytime start or anything, but I feel like the Yankees might be dragging a little bit. Um, they probably need some momentum. I mean, they've already got two back from their 5 nothing lead in, in the top of the third, but it's not a good sign. Uh, two L's long flight off the all-star break. I mean, we've seen some of these teams drag their feet quite a bit. Uh, I feel like the Yankees, you know, it might not be the greatest setup for them. So definitely lean, lean to the Orioles, but would anyway, as a home underdog next, we'll go to my series spotlight, Toronto at Boston, Kevin Gossman coming off a pretty nasty comebacker that hit him in the, the shin bone. Somehow didn't break his leg, uh, but it had a pretty big bruise on there. I'm assuming uh, at Nathan Eovaldi, uh, who came back to a, a pretty short start against the Yanks, but like was did, didn't really to me like get enough seasoning in his rehab assignment. But I think the Red Sox were just out of bodies and needed an arm. Um, no line on this one just yet. I think because Gosman wasn't expected. Unfortunately, when the lines came out today, I'm gonna make. I mean, it's hard because I made it with a, a normal uh, or just a, a no name Toronto starter. Um, I'll, I'll say the, the Red Sox are slight favorites, like in the minus 110 really? range. Yes. Okay. Yes. At, All right. At so at almost home. even. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'd lean more to Toronto. Uh, I think this is a perfect this is a perfect starter and a perfect game. First game off the, the first half off the All-Star break, Kevin Gosman, who is the workhorse you guys signed and brought over from San Francisco. And this is the time. You need to be pitching. Every game is a big game from now here on out. I know every game is a big game in the, in the whole season. The grand scheme of things, though, July is ending very quickly. And Griffin, Griffin, I know, and the people listening know that are into baseball just as much as we are, the dog days of August and September are tough for a lot of teams that are trying to compete for playoff spots like these two teams. And I, I would lean more Gosman to start off on the road in Fenway. It ain't easy pitching in Boston, but I think this is the right guy on the mound. It's not both these lineups are good. I think I think I might prefer the Red Sox lineup if healthy to the Jays at this point. Um, but I do not prefer the Red Sox bullpen. It feels like Tanner Houck can't get in a safe situation to save his life because the, the Red Sox are blowing it or are way too far away. Um, for, they just don't they haven't been playing close games lately. Um, had a really tough series in Tampa. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's hard to see. Gosman was pretty good in his start, I thought, coming back from his his leg injury, but um, Evaldi, I mean, he's not going to go very deep. So I, I think I'm with you. I think I, I lean to the, the Jays. Next, we'll go to a pretty big um, central division matchup in the AL. We got Cal Quantrill and the Guardians visiting the White Sox and Lucas Giolito. Uh, Lucas Giolito minus 145 right now. And I lean to the Guardians because I just, I, I'm pretty sick of this White Sox team. And I feel like they're just an underachieving bunch and will be uh, until LaRusse is fired and until. Uh, they get new players and start making some business. I lead the I lean to the Guardians as well. I, I think you know I had this my prediction is the third team to make it to the the wild card. Um, I really liked how Andres Jimenez has turned out to be this prospect that the Mets were looking at to be their next middle infielder, shortstop, second baseman. 
And then this, he was a part of the Lindor trade. And I thought that was a, is a huge move for Cleveland and he's panning out. He became an all-star and you mix that with Jose Ramirez and, and Baylor, Josh Naylor, excuse me. And a couple of more of those other guys. And I think Cal Quantrell, Cal Quantrell has shown some bright spots throughout his career so far, early career. Um, this would be a really nice road win. And I think a road series to face off against the White Sox. This was almost going to be my bet, my, my series spotlight, but I, I, I'd like the, the, um, what was it? The, what I don't even remember what I just picked. It was the, oh, Astros and Mariners series. I mean, that's a tough one to beat. Uh, next we'll go Tampa at Kansas City. Tampa's in this race. Kansas City's not. Tampa needs some wins here. They're starting to do <laughs> They're, they're starting Drew Rasmussen on the road at Brad Keller, who is about as tough to predict as the weather. But when Keller's good, he's good. When he's bad, he is bad. Um, I imagine no line here, but I imagine the uh, the Rays will be a, a road favorite here. Probably in the 130s uh, would be my guess. Um, so not a, not a huge number if you're uh, okay with land use. But Rasmussen's had a great year. I mean, he was kind of a throw-in from what I thought when uh, – he was traded from the Brewers in the Willie Adamas deal, um, but he's been pretty good this, this year besides an injury that took him out of out of action for a couple of weeks or a month. Um, the Rays, you know, their bullpen's not as good. Their hitting isn't as good. Their defense isn't as good. Their base running is not as good. So there's a lot of, a lot of flaws with this Rays team, but I, I just feel like they're uh, leaps and bound better than Kansas City. So I uh, would lean to the home dog, but I can't imagine that I'm trying to get it get involved in the uh, Brad Keller sweepstakes. Yeah, that is a game I want to stay away from because, and also who knows how many days Benintendi and Michael Taylor, Michael A. Taylor will be on that roster as well. But um, I don't know. I like Rasmussen, but also I agree with 99% you said about the race. They're just, they're not, they're not a good team. And it's hilarious because they're 10 games over 500. And it's a good, it's a good record, but they're just not a competitive team. I mean, they are a competitive team, so I'll, I'll argue with you there. But they, I feel like it might be a little smoke and mirrors. That 31 and 18 record at home is pretty impressive. 20 and 23 on the road, though, I think that speaks to a little bit that their devil magic doesn't work outside of the worst ballpark in the world. Um, and I got to say, one thing about this, the hot stove, or we probably need to come up with another name because it's probably copyrighted. I can almost guarantee you that Kansas City will not be trading players to Toronto. Next we'll yeah. go Texas <laughs> at Oakland, Spencer yeah. Howard at Cole Irvin, Spencer Howard, who had pretty big prospect pedigree and has been uh, terrible. I think it's probably safe to say uh, he is somehow a road favorite though. Minus minus one thirteen. Oh man. I really hope I'm not going to back the A's, the double I'm going A to. athletics. I'm I mean, going to go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I'm just Cole Irvin's had a really good year and he doesn't strike out a lot of guys. It's, it seems like it's fool's gold to me. Uh, the Rangers with one of the worst road trips possible going all-star break to Miami for a 1240 start, then flying West. Co- I mean, I think the only flight that would have been worse was Seattle uh, flying back to Oakland for this one, starting at 840. They're, they're going to be all over the place. Got a good win today. And that lineup certainly stronger. Everything's stronger because the A's are trying to lose. But, man, that home underdog number uh, for a guy like Spencer Howard to be given that type of price on the road. Uh, over under a seven for those of you that care about that. I would lean to over on that one. I like Oakland. I really do. Uh, I, I'm not, like, super excited because who wants to bet on or even watch the Rangers and A's? Sorry for the Rangers and A's fans out there, but – uh, Spencer Howard is not a good guy to back. I just, you know, we, we heard so much about him as a Philly prospect and Griff said this many times, whenever Spencer Howard has mentioned that he was supposed to be this big thing and he hasn't panned out. Maybe he pans out soon, but not in this game. I think Cole Irvin is going to have a, um, not a great start, but it's going to be a good enough start to get maybe a W because Spencer Howard has let up some, some dingers. Um, I can't say we've, we've backed. Both of us have backed Oakland A's together too many times on this show. Uh, I would say Paul Blackburn, my boy, has been backed by by myself uh, a few times. But other than that, I've really I, I've not covered. I've never even talked about Cole Irvin like this much. So I think I've tried this. to avoid the athletics. Me uh, too, but like I like Paul Blackburn's you know, not that you've, bad. You've been grabbing All Star Paul Blackburn, uh, one of the best 
50 players in Major League Baseball, Paul Blackburn, according to Shout the out. system. Um, next, we'll go Houston at Seattle, Jose Urquidy at Miguel, or excuse me, Miguel, Marco Gonzalez, Gazatic uh, and Bulldog. Um, and it looks like Urquidy is a slight favorite right now, minus 110 on the road, over unders eight. Uh, thank you, Bet Online, for putting a number out there so I didn't have to guess. I was expecting Gonzalez to be a, a much longer underdog. I was thinking Urquidy would be the minus 120, 130 range. Um, it's going to be a, a same sort of trip here for the Astros that have to leave this second game of the doubleheader uh, at home. Uh, and off of two wins would be nice, but ultimately have to go up to Seattle, and that's not a quick trip, to say the least. Um, whereas Urquidy has has had a really tough start to the year, but it's kind of normalized, gotten a little bit better. I wonder if that's because he's pitching against the AL West a lot. But Marco Gonzalez, no one really knows how he does it. He doesn't strike anybody out. A team like the, the Astros should hit him pretty hard, but they never seem to. Uh, so the home dog is a little bit interesting to me. Uh, what do you think about this one? Uh, I like the home dogs. I, I'm rolling with the Mariners. I, I think this is a smart move. I know the Astros are fantastic home or away, but the Mariners have just been so electric. And when we saw them in the end of September last year, trying to make that playoff push, playing at home, playoff game, atmosphere this is going to be like that first game off of the all-star break 14 game winning streak is still alive i'm gonna think that this ballpark is going to be jam-packed for this matchup and for the whole series itself uh we i talked about that earlier in the episode so i'm gonna i'm gonna roll with marco and gonzalez as the the home dog here yeah i mean should definitely be packed especially coming off 14 straight wins and what they did really to the Jays at home. Um, Mariners won a series in Houston earlier this year, won two out of three when they were 13 games under 500 and we were really worried about them. Also, I mean, took to it. They've won both series against the Astros so far this year. One was at home, one was on the road. Um, That's hard to argue that they're not a team that can compete with the Astros. So seeing them dogged at home, I mean, there's worse bets out there for sure. Uh, Last but not least, we'll get to, uh, a pretty good matchup for Shohei Otani anytime he's playing. Uh, I believe your uh, MVP or no, my MVP pick for um, my Cy Young. Yeah, yeah. Yes, your Cy Young. It's funny to talk about the same guy as, as both of those. Yeah. Uh, but currently, Charlie Morton, he's he's opposing the he's going to Atlanta, hot Atlanta. And we'll see because it's a really powerful lineup. I, it's hard for me not to believe that Otani will be able to get through that. But anyway, Charlie Morton currently a minus 145 favorite. Over under is seven. And I was hoping that Morton might be a little bit cheaper, but this is way too high for me because frankly, I don't believe in the angels. I think they're terrible. I would love to bet against them as much as possible the rest of the season, but I'm starting to think that uh Shohei is not the guy to go against. So Tani San has done it to me enough that I think I might be uh, just watching from the outside, looking in and seeing if Chuck Morton can, st- can still, get to- eh, if he can still do it. Cause he had a really bad start to the year got a little bit better, should be able to knife through an Angels lineup without Mike Trout. I'm rolling with Otani as the uh, road dog plus 134 there. Uh, Otani has had an unbelievable month of June. Last four outing, doubled to strikeouts. His last outing of the year was against the Houston Astros. He went six strong and struck out 12, lowered his ERA to a 2.38. I said on our last episode that this was my favorite to win the AL Cy Young. Otani, this is just another great uh, game for him personally to face in a very hard lineup and see how he can do. The big test last week was against the Houston Astros and that powerful lineup that they have, and he carved them up. Now, Atlanta's got a lot of, a lot of, very, very good bats. And one of the bats in that lineup that's been super impressive has been Dan Dansby Swanson. He's having a career year. The average is a lot higher. Power numbers are higher. So if you're willing to and looking to bet on this game, just really look at the Braves lineup. It, it is not a easy lineup to face. I don't care who you are. If you're Verlander, if you're Otani, if you're Cole, DeGrom, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a tough matchup for you. But I do have faith in... Showtime. I really do. 
All right, and that brings us to our, our last segment of the show. Uh, Going to go through our best bets, but also I'll give you a 20% off coupon for listeners of this MLB podcast. Good through August 4th, so right when the Hall of Fame game hits. For uh, I know we're going to get a lot more traffic to pregame for the football season returning. Don't worry, we're almost there. We're going to have a few more episodes of MLB, and we're going to keep this going as long as we can. But uh, you only got to sweat through a couple more heat waves until we get to football pigskin coming back use the promo code homer 20 homer 20 a really good descriptor of my co-host here with the yankee talk all the time but oh uh, stop with that homer 20 homer 20 20 percent off for listeners uh and with that with my partner in shock i guess i'll leave well i guess you took the you took the first half so if if you want to Ahead by a half game, uh, I was leading the whole time. I'm very disappointed to have to say this out loud, but you are ahead. So if you want to, the honors are yours. You get the first first tee. You want to say our records from the first half to kind of give the fabric more perspective? I think it was close to 500, which I feel fairly good about as an underdog uh, picker. What what were they? Yeah, I was finished the first half 14 and 16, and you were at 13 and 16. So. Nice. Uh, yeah, it ain't easy out here, but we're 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 doing we're doing pretty well. But you know what, Griff, I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, if if that's if you oh. want if you want the honors, because I have two picks that I'm thinking about. I I can go first if you want. No, no, I think you should go first. You had the lead, so I get to okay. now. I get to to match your your pick. So take whatever you'd like. I really appreciate that. That's very nice of you. I have two. I have two picks, but I, I can only pick one. And I'm going to go. I really hope both these guys win, but I'm going to go with my best bet. I'm going to watch a home team, and it ain't the Yankees. It is the New York Mets. It's Max Scherzer against you, Darvish, and the San Diego Padres. Max Scherzer minus one sixty nine. This is a a huge pitching matchup for both of these teams. Padres are struggling offensively. Darvish has pitched very well this year, but Max Scherzer, who hasn't played majority of the season, is a top five candidate to win the Cy Young, according to odds, which we thought was pretty insane to see. But Scherzer is, this is the moments that the New York Mets need. They need a a big-time pitcher versus big-time teams in the second half to win some ballgames. First game at home, second half. Max Scherzer, New York Mets, minus 169, lock it in. Nice. Um, yeah, we might have to audit the uh, unit totals here because if we're going minus 169 favorites, then uh, my underdog strategy is definitely going to be behind you on the win percentage, but maybe not the unit total. Anyway, I'm going to go. I hate that I'm doing this, but I'm going to go Marco Gonzalez and Seattle Mariners. I'm going to keep riding that 14-game win streak. The current plus 100 um, as a home dog. I mean, I like, I'm never afraid of Jose Arquiti. He doesn't miss enough bats. Gonzalez doesn't either, um, with that said. But really good Seattle bullpen, far better than Houston's, especially with uh, Ryan Presley on the paternity leave list. I don't know if he's going to be back for this one, but if he wasn't available today in Houston, I feel like it's a pretty good chance he won't be making the trip to Seattle or might be joining the team a little bit later. I think they usually get three days, but with the all-star break, hard to tell. Uh, hopefully the Mariners can stay hot. Hopefully they've been sitting in the sauna uh, over the whole all-star break and trying to keep that going. Hopefully who, ho- my guy, who Rod, I hope that he's still healthy. I, I'm worried he's going to get, get a little tired after that performance. Incredible. Yet still didn't win the home run derby, but uh, hopefully he'll, he'll learn to, uh, to save some swings for the future. I'm going to go Marco Gonzalez plus 100 Seattle lock it in as my best bet. You can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Thanks for hanging out and look forward to future episodes. Throw all your questions, DMS, whatever you want at both Taylor and I, and we will work you into our show. I'll just say this best bet. It's not going to count towards the records here. I just, this was my other option. I love that by the way, the Marco Gonzalez one. I really like that Griff. Uh, my other one was going to be Otani. Plus one thirty-four. Uh, I was really thinking about that, but um, I just like for a guy that's going to be sitting at home watching these games. I do want to watch this Max Scherzer game, so to keep me a little excited, um, I do like me some underdog picks, though. I mean, there's there's some risk in Otani for sure because his team is 
dog, dog. you know what, but yeah, it ain't um, good. But like, I, I, I mean, of all things that you can bet on in this world, I feel like taking a flyer on Otani that he probably needs to win 40% of the time to make your money back. I think it might be, might be a, a decent play. Um, don't hate it myself. I just wish he had, I don't know, any sort of capable players or management or staff on that team. But anyway, give your Twitter gifts out of here. All right, guys, kids, you guys can follow me on Twitter, Taylor Ringold, T-A-Y-L-O-R-R-I-N-G-O-L-D. You also can follow me on Instagram, Taylor underscore Ringold, spelled the same way. Just have an underscore between the names. That's another episode. This is the first episode of the second half. A lot of content. Remember, we are going to be talking a lot of trade deadline stuff. Keep you in the loop with some of the big things that are going on each and every episode until the deadline is done on August second and also on wednesdays of course fan questions hit us up if you have a trade deadline question if your team is in the race and you want a certain player but you don't know how it's going to happen we'll give you the info trust us we'll give you the info any best bet information come to us dm griffin i will get it to you and you'll be matched on the show so another great episode we will catch you guys on monday have a great weekend enjoy some baseball talk to you soon